Okay, so I want to give uh, give some brief, really brief info regarding the Paris equipped that we have visited. Uh, we had almost 300 people register uh, to attend the equip in Paris. We had uh, church leaders and uh, people from Germany, uh, obviously France, Holland, um, Italy, South Africa, America, um, Australia, all the way from Australia, India. Austria, Poland, and the UK. So we had a lot of different people from many different countries attending and just trying to hear what God is doing in Paris and also sharing with each other about what God is doing throughout Europe. The church that hosted the equip was only 10 years old. It was actually planted from scratch, just like how we planted. Uh, so the couple, uh, Fred and Vanessa, moved from Abu Dhabi, Abu, Abu Dhabi to Paris Put a call of God, so they just started with just them and their three kids. And now uh, the, the church is about 100, 120 strong, and they were able to host and equip and, and, and be able to uh, be a blessing, not only to Paris, but to other nations also. Uh, so we went, uh, just so you guys know, um, we went, and we attended the Paris Equip last year because we felt it was an opportunity for us to, to meet with other church leaders in Europe and to see what God is doing outside of the U.S. Uh, it was, last year, it was an incredible experience for us. You know, we saw firsthand and heard about the stories of, of what God was doing in Europe and um, just as he was at work here in the U.S. So we met with other church leaders in Europe and outside of Europe and cultivated relationship with them. Uh, this year, when the time of the Paris Equip came along, we felt to go also, but we didn't completely understand why. Uh, we just knew that God was pointing the way, so we needed to rearrange our schedules, rearrange our lives uh, to do so. You know, it, it sounded glamorous, right? Going to Paris for a week, but uh, believe me when I say it was not as easy as it sounds with three little kids, with school, we have to arrange all that. Um, I have a full-time job, which most, uh, I think all of you know. And the last week of the month is always the busiest time of the month for me. So I had to make sure I arrange uh, things in my workplace. So in general, I'm saying all that just to say, not, not that I'm trying to seek any sympathy, because it was still Paris at the end of the day. But I just wanted to share that it was not a fun trip. It was an actual ministry trip that we felt God called us to go. Uh, while we were there last week, we were able to build even more on the relationship of uh, the church leaders that we met last year. Um, and at the same time, God was more clear in terms of showing us why he had given restoration the name, the division statement of glorifying Jesus everywhere. We, we got to see a glimpse of that. You know, we talked about it. We knew that's what God is calling us to do. But then we finally got to see a glimpse of, of what it means to glorify Jesus everywhere, right? So when you say glorify Jesus everywhere, it can only be done through proclaiming Jesus here and in faraway places. And our, so as we were just being obedient to the things that God called us to do. So the first year we went, last year, we built relationship, we stepped out in faith, we did the same thing this year. And because of that, he opened the door for us. And I think I share this with some of you. And the door that he opened for us to be able to slowly taking a step in terms of glorifying Jesus everywhere is we got invited to go minister in South Africa uh, for next year, 2020. Uh, it was overwhelming for us. Just, we just started this small little church in Chicago. But somehow, because of the work that Jesus has been doing through each and every one of us, not just uh, Hugh and Vanessa, each and every one of us, people realize 
God is at work, and they want us to come. When I say us, I'm not just us two, all of us, to be together and come spiritually and, and minister and proclaim the goodness of who Jesus is. And, and I want to pause really quick and extend this invite to each and every one of you. If you want to join us, come join us in South Africa next year. Uh, it's, it's a time that we will gather as a church and, and go minister. It's going to be a, a church in a small little town, but at the same time, it's a way for us to go and proclaim Jesus and get to see how Jesus is doing work in many different areas. Uh, just so you know, in, in, in South Africa, to get there is really expensive, as the one South African can attest to you, but everything else is really, really inexpensive. So, um, but at the same time, you know, I want to encourage you guys to pray about it and think about it. And more importantly, if you do not have a passport, get one. Get a passport. Because when God called us to glorify Jesus everywhere, again, that's to glorify Jesus here and in faraway places. And in order for us to go to faraway places, we need a passport, right? So I want to encourage you guys to look into that because when God calls us to go, we're able to go right away instead of, oh, wait, I have to apply for my passport. I have to do all this stuff and be able to be obedient and follow him. Uh, and, and, you know, to use that because we are, God is using us to reach people in different nations, not just Paris, right? Paris is great, but there's also South Africa. It's a great nation, but it's still a, can I say, third world country? Is that okay to say? You're not going to get offended? And so it's, it's still, the, so we, we go to rich nations and poor nations. And as you may know, in October, I'm committing to go to Mexico. So it's not Paris, it's Ensenada, which is uh, two miles, two, two hours drive south of San Diego. Uh, so, so we feel like God is calling us to, even though we're really small, he's using us to somehow walking out the vision that he has given us. Um, so it's in October, so if you're interested in joining me to go to Mexico for a medical ministry trip, uh, come and join me. For those with medical background, anyone, at all. I don't have any medical background, but I'm going because we trust in that God is using us to reach people somehow. Um, and I share all that with you because I want everyone to know, as I said earlier, as we're taking steps and be faithful to go to other nations or go to other places, God is using us more. And when we go, we all go together as a church. Restoration name is known, but more importantly is we go because we want to proclaim Jesus to everyone everywhere. Um, so, so for us together as a family, taking steps toward accomplishing and toward the vision that God has set out for us. And there's a plan and a purpose for this church, right? I say all that just to remind us again, there's a plan and a purpose for us. We don't gather on a Sunday morning just to sing a few songs just so we can feel good about ourselves. Even though it might not look like it, it's, it's, it seems like, oh, what are we doing here? But there's a plan and a purpose for restoration. And that plan and purpose is to bring glory to Jesus, right? As I said, here in our neighborhood, in this neighborhood where we meet as a local church, in different neighborhoods where we live, we all live in different neighborhoods, in our spheres of influence, in our workplace, and, and the nations, and the nations. Right? So we'll be taking steps, whether it's big steps or small steps. We always, we'll always take steps to go forward until we reach our vision accomplish our vision, or whatever you want to say it. Follow God's leading so we can be able to say that we are glorifying Jesus everywhere, all around the earth. Um, 
So when we, again, as I said, when we go, we all go together. The reason I say that when we go, we all go together as a church because God called us together as part of a local church, right? We, we know that from 1 Corinthians 12. We become a body of Christ. He knit us together. And the Holy Spirit is holding us together. And the same Spirit is the one that leads us and gives us a supernatural wisdom. The same Spirit that opens our eyes and our hearts and our minds with the revelation that Jesus is God. And that's what I, I want to take a, a minute to talk a little bit about why our vision is glorifying Jesus everywhere. Right? Why don't we just say glorify God? everywhere because it's a lot less offensive right it's, it doesn't it doesn't touch the nerves as 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 it would have in terms of glorifying jesus everywhere because for us we know that jesus is god god is jesus it may seem very self-explanatory to us but the term god is used so broadly so broadly by many different people so there's many different different definition of who god is so we want to be very clear Jesus is God, God is Jesus, that is who we're glorifying. We're glorifying Jesus, and that's who we want to proclaim and bring glory to. Uh, the second thing is, is of why we say glorify Jesus, because he's been given all authority, right? We know that. He's been given all authority in heaven as on earth. We know that from Matthew 28, uh, Daniel, in, is Isaiah, in Hebrews 1, Revelations, um, and also he is the one and the only one just in case, which I look in the, around the room, I know you, you know this, but he's the one and the only one through whom we can receive salvation, right? Through John 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life, right? I am the life, the way, the truth, whatever the, the order is. Uh, I don't want to mess it up. It's just no one can come through me ex to the Father except through me. So Jesus is the one and the only. So that's why we glorify Jesus. We, and, through reach, uh, and through his righteousness, actually, more correctly, covered by his righteousness. We can stand before our Heavenly Father because of what Jesus did, because of our faith in him. And the supreme of, the next thing is we glorify Jesus because of the supremacy of who Jesus is. I love this verse from Colossians chapter 1. Whenever I have any doubt or, or, or kind of having any different mentality or thinking or theology about who Jesus is, I come back to this. Colossians chapter 1, verse 15. I'll read it to you guys. You don't need to turn to it. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from the dead, so that in everything he may have the supremacy. So he's above all things, and everything is in him. So we need to remember that, and that's why. That's why we glorify Jesus. And also another thing is, there is power in the name of Jesus. We declare that and we say that all the time. Right? In John 14, Jesus said, ask anything in my name. In my name. When we ask things in our name, we're not going to get anything. But in Jesus' name, right? An example is Acts 3. We know this. When Peter and John was walking to the temple with, with the uh, paralyzed beggar, right? He said, silver or gold I do not have. But what I have, what I have is what you need. It's not in scripture, but I'm just paraphrasing. You have what I need, and I can give you what I have in the name of Jesus. 
walk. And that's why there's power in the name of Jesus. That's why we honor him and glorify him. So just a reminder of why. We say it's not just a cool, catchy thing. Because there's power in there. He's supreme. He's the God. He's the Lord over all things. So those are just some of the many reasons why we glorify Jesus. And it's, it's, uh, I feel that it's good for us to be reminded again of why. Why we're here. The reason for us to come together. The reason for us to meet, to gather, and knowing where we're going. And as we have an understanding, or, or rather, I should say, a revelation of who Jesus is, not, not just another teacher or a prophet or you know, someone who lived 2,000 years ago, but also fully God, fully who existed before creation. We will want to glorify only Jesus. That's why. So as we gather to glorify Jesus through the power and the presence of Jesus Christ, you know, his kingdom will be known not only here, as I said, not only here, but in other states, in other, in other nations, and throughout all the nations on earth, because I know that God will use us to reach nations that we have never been to before, and we will be able to have an opportunity to go and proclaim Jesus to those who don't know him, and he's going to want to use us. That's overwhelming, isn't it? It's very humbling thinking about God wanting to use regular, normal people like us. But that's what he wants us to do. So we want to be obedient to him and make sure we are always proclaiming him and glorifying Jesus wherever that we go. Because when we glorify Jesus, right, these are the things we know, I think we know, people will be able to receive eternal life. Eternal life is better than anything that we can give anyone, ever. It may not sound cool and hip at this moment, but eternal life is awesome when you get to the end of your life. You're going to want eternal life. I still have another 50 years to go, but I know eternal life is awesome. At least 50. Wait, I still have like 80 years to go. I'm only 48. I got a lot of years left. And when we glorify Jesus, we'll see miracles and signs and, and wonders. I'm still trusting and expecting for us to have that, experience it, and see that on our people, and see it when we pray for people, trusting for that. You know, when we glorify Jesus, people will be able to live in freedom and no longer be held captive by pressure or expectations, but we'll have rest, peace, and joy, right, through the Holy Spirit. That's in scriptures. Families will have reconciliation instead of conflicts. We'll bring reconciliation and restoration to, to family members, to marriages. Broken relationships, broken relationships will be restored. There will be blessing for generations to come. We talked about this, and I share about this all the time. Until myself, the whole line of generation before me, on my side of the family, nobody knows who Jesus is. But because of God's grace on my life, all the generation who come after me will get to experience eternal life. That's what it means that we're blessing for generation to come when we proclaim Jesus and help people understand who he is. The poor and brokenhearted will be loved and cared for, we will see and love each other as how God sees us. Through, not through our ethnicity, not through our economic standing, or not through our um, academic um, status or our social status. And more importantly, and this is what we hold very tightly and dearly here at Restoration is when he see a five years old, he will still love that five years old as much as when he sees someone who's 75 years old. It's not about accomplishment. It's not about what that person have done. So that's why we treat the kids just as important as we treat adults. 
here in this place. We don't take it lightly because of who God is and we understand that God loves someone who was just born as much as someone who's been alive for 200, 100 years, so to speak. That's, so when we glorify Jesus, we will have a different understanding, different perspective of how we view people and how we treat people, how we love people. So that's why at Restoration, glorifying Jesus, this church was birthed by God to glorify Jesus everywhere because we have big goals and big dreams because we know by ourselves we can't do those things. But because God is behind us, we will be able to go to many different places to glorify Jesus. And we're going to keep doing it until we receive our future inheritance. Yes? Yes. Anyone? Yes. Our future inheritance. Our future inheritance. I want to talk a little bit on that. You know, last week, I think most of you were here. I'm looking at, around the room. Uh, James shared about being faithful in the suspended season. And if you were not here, I want to encourage you guys to listen to the recording. Actually, it's really good. Uh, he talked about uh, being, I have to read this because he's able to articulate things very well, unlike me. Uh, so this is what he's saying, being faithful in the now and our future inheritance will, our future inheritance will be even sweeter because it is flavored with the faithfulness of the now season. It was a very good message for us, right? But I want, if I can add or emphasize a couple things from what James said, is um, firstly, we'll, as we're being faithful in the now season, God will take us not ourselves, not we take ourselves. God will take us into the next season because he is good. He will take us because he is good. It's not, because, not that we need to work harder so we can take ourselves into the next season. As in trying to do things in our own effort, in our own wisdom, or, or try to force things to happen. But God will take us into the next season. Um, like an example I was using earlier about Paris, right? We visited Paris last year. I don't know why, God called us to go again. We didn't fully understand why, but we were just trying to be obedient and, and arrange our lives so we can go. And then God opened the door for us to slowly step into the other nation, to be able to proclaim the goodness of who Jesus is. I didn't try to book my ticket to South Africa and walk into a church and tell them, hey, I lead a church in Chicago, so let me preach for you. They will kick me out within two seconds. Um, but anyway, so that's what I'm trying to say. God will take us. Be obedient, be faithful, and he will take us into the next season. He'll present opportunity for us. And this is the same thing when um, I just felt called to go to Mexico. I'm not sure why. I don't have any medical background. I can't speak Spanish. You know, an Asian guy going to Mexico, probably not a good thing. But God is calling us to go, and I'm being obedient to go because I know God will use me, us, in Mexico to reach other nations whether it's in Central America or South America. I don't really know. But he has big plans for us, and we just want to be prepared. And again, I want to encourage you guys, if you want to go to Mexico, if you don't like the City of Lights in Paris and the, uh, the, the nice and fancy in, in, uh, places in, in Paris, come to Mexico with me. You will not get to see this City of Lights. It's, it's almost on the opposite spectrum. Um, but also that, that's one thing. The second thing, the second thing regarding uh, the suspended season is don't despise the suspended season. As I believe, we will always be in the suspended season. 
And let me explain why I said that. We're getting closer and closer to our inheritance, right? But we're our future inheritance, but we will still be in the suspended season. And if we can just settle that in our hearts, because what is the future inheritance? That is what we need to recognize and prioritize in our mind. Because for all of us, as followers of Jesus Christ, our future inheritance is coming face to face with Jesus. That is our future inheritance, which would be when he comes back, right? Or when we meet him in heaven. That is our future inheritance. In the Old Testament, the future inheritance is about the land for God's people, right? A place where they can worship, a place where they can build a temple. However, now, through Jesus, he's with us. He's within us. We don't need a piece of land to worship him, or we don't need to build a temple for him. He's with us all day, every day. So now through Jesus, being with us spiritually all the time, our future inheritance is to physically be in his presence, physically be in his court, to physically stand before him face to face. In Psalm 84 verse 10, better is one day in your court than thousand elsewhere. To be face to face with Jesus. Paul also wrote this in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 and 8. I know you guys are familiar with this. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearance. That is our future inheritance. Otherwise, if our future inheritance is, is to be promoted, what are you going to do once you get promoted? Is that it? If our future inheritance is about to, um, to own a business, what are we going to do when we own a business, right? If our future inheritance is to lead a church, what are we going to do when you become a leader of a church? That's it? I mean, is that the end of the road? If our future, future inheritance is to have a spouse or to have children, I mean, what are you going to do once you get married and have kids? Because it may not be your future inheritance. <laughs> I'm, okay, that's an inside joke. Only when you have kids, you understand. Um, and, and you know, if all those things that I've listed earlier, if that is our future inheritance, then we have sold ourselves short, very short, because it's too finite, it's too small. I will not settle for that. You should not settle for that either. We should not settle for our future inheritance in terms of those things that I listed, because when we dedicate our lives to Jesus, he has something so much more for us. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Remember that. First Colossians chapter 27. The hope of glory is in me. The spirit of God of all creation is in me, in each of us. So surely, the God of all creation, the hope of glory, the creator of the universe, has a future inheritance in store for you and I that is so much more than a job promotion. So much more than uh, to be married, or to have kids, or to, to own a house, or what have you. Right? Right? He has so much more for us. I'm, I'm, I'm not downplaying those things. Those things are great. God wants to bless us with those things. But they are not our future inheritance. He wants to bless us with those things because he is good. 
He wants to bless us with those things so we can grow and mature. You know, the verse that came to me when I was preparing for this was from Psalm 84, verse 7. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. They go from strength to strength. So when we were talking about those material, finite things that we've been blessed with, whether it's business, or relationship, or parenting, whether we, we get promoted, that's we go from strength to strength. So we will receive blessing and favors, but that's a strength to strength in terms of I'm getting promoted. I'm doing well, so now I'm going to get promoted again. I'm doing well. I'm going from strength to strength. That's not my future inheritance. My future inheritance is to be, appear before God in Zion. That is our future inheritance. That's my and your future inheritance. So please don't stop short at the material success of some small, finite goal. I'm not downplaying the, the, the things that we're striving for, but that is not the future inheritance that God has planned for us, each and every one of us. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Our future inheritance is to stand before God and receive what? The crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. The crown of righteousness. That is our future inheritance. So that's why when I was saying earlier, we may always be in a suspended season until we receive our inheritance. It's because God wants us to know that there is an inheritance that's so much greater than being promoted or getting married or have kids or what have you. That is our future inheritance, is to stand face to face before him. That's when we join together with all the other believers who has ever lived, and the angels, right? To praise God and to bring honor and glory to the king who is seated at the right hand of our heavenly father. If it sounds way too big or too difficult or too impossible, it is too big, too impossible in our own effort. In our own effort, it will be impossible, an unachievable task. However, this helps me to remind myself, and I want to encourage you guys. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Whenever I repeat myself in that verse, Christ in me, the hope of glory. There's just so much rest and peace. Christ in me, the hope of glory. God himself is in us, he's with us, and he's for us. Just remember what I said earlier about um, Acts chapter 3, right? Peter and John healed a beggar on their way to the temple. Remember what they said? Silver and gold I do not have, but what I have within me I will give to you. And that is in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Walked. God in us. The impossible things will happen. We can make the impossible. We can bring healing. We can... You know what? I haven't seen it, but I believe it. In the name of Jesus, there will be a day when the dead will rise up alive. The lame will walk because Scripture said so. So I believe it, even though I haven't seen it, but I believe it. it and I tr I'm trusting and hoping and expecting to see that with my own eyes, to tell people that. So it's not about us. It's about Christ in me, the hope of glory. It's not about our wealth or our charisma or our gifting or our ability. Or It's not because Peter and John possessed the secret password that they would give out to people and suddenly they receive superpower. They are just ordinary men, people like you and I, right? allowing God to work through us. They allow God to work through them. That's why we're, they were able to help a cripple 
walked, someone who's been crippled since birth, to be able to stand up and walk, right? Acts chapter 4, verse 13. Because after Peter and John, um, um, uh, I just went blank for a second. After Peter and John um, told the, the, the paralyzed uh, beggar to stand up and walk, all the authority would come and question them. It was like, hey, what did you do? And the people were, were, were actually didn't like it that they performed this miracle in the name of Jesus. But then they, they, they were boldly and courageously proclaiming the name of Jesus. And then in Acts chapter 4, verse 13, then the people realized this. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. They were astonished. You know what I'm trying to say. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Ordinary people performed miracles, spoke boldly about Jesus before authority and people. So, right, as I was saying earlier, it's impossible to go from strength to strength or reach our future inheritance on our own effort. But when we allow God to work through us, the anxiety and the fear and the worries and the doubts and the angers and the frustrations, all those emotions that come because we don't know how we can get to our in future inheritance by ourselves, right? Because if we try to plan it by ourselves, like, oh man, that's overwhelming. That's incredible. How am I going to reach the nations if this is what God's called us to do? But with God, we will have rest and peace in knowing that he will open doors for us. He will bring us blessing. He will take us from strength to strength till we appear before God in Zion. So all those worries will slowly melt away when we allow God to work through us. How can we allow God to work through us, right? The question is pretty much also the answer is let him work through us. It's much slim. I'm, I'm very simple. I like to think of things in a very simple way. The answer is let him work through us. It's much, simp it's much simpler than we think. Stop thinking that we know better. Stop trying so hard. I mean, work hard. I'm just, <laughs> I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to say it in a way that stop thinking that we know how to do it better. Let our pride or our ego get in the way or thinking we can do better by helping God out. Let him work through us. Spend time with him. Be faithful in the things that we have. Be faithful in the season that we're in. I know all of you guys are very faithful in where you're at, in the environment that you're at. And just the example of we saying, we're just being faithful to do the things that God called us to do, then God will open doors for us, right? Just be faithful with what we have. Don't think that we deserve more, or, or, the, or, or but are we more, more from that standpoint, are we ready for more instead of do we deserve more? Are we ready for more? Be faithful in the, in the environment that we're in. Be faithful in what we have been given or not given. You know, don't be jealous or greedy or comparing. Be faithful in allowing God to refine us in our current season. It's not a fun process. It's never a fun process. If someone ever told you the refining season is fun, either they're lying to you or they don't really know what they're saying. The refining process is not fun. But allow him to do that because he's preparing us so we can excel in that season so we can go from strength to strength, remember strength to strength. So when we excel in our current season, God will present bigger, more exciting, more challenging opportunities ahead for us. So that's what it means from Psalm 84 verse 7, as they go from strength to strength, till each appears before God 
in Zion. So be faithful in our current season means just spending our time and energy to learn through humility how to excel in our current season. As I said, uh, once we have excelled in the current season of position, God, through his faithfulness, will take us into the next season, as I said earlier. God will take us into the next season. Don't force our way in. Don't kick the doors down because you may not want to walk through that door. You may regret it. Let God open the door for us. So then we, as we, as we strengthen and excel in our current season and allow God to take us through, we can be strengthened even more into the next season. He will open the next door. For, he will, I promise you. I've seen it. I've seen it on our lives, and I've seen it on a lot of the people's lives, you guys' lives. He will present the next opportunity for us to walk into. This is how we go from strength to strength. I want to end by, by saying this, is just be faithful and keep an eye on our future inheritance. Because as we're faithful with where we're at, and we always keep our eyes, keep our focus, until what? Until we appear before God in Zion. So we can receive the crown of righteousness. When we constantly keep our eyes on him, our feet will constantly take us forward, right? To where our eyes are. Because if you look down, our feet's gonna stay. If we look to the side, we will unintentionally walk off course. So be faithful in the season that we're in, but keep our eyes focused on where God is taking us. It's the same thing for us individually, right? Our future inheritance is to stand before God and receive that crown of righteousness, as Paul wrote. That's for, for each of us individually, but for restoration. For restoration. What is that? That is to be able to proclaim the goodness of God here and to the nation, to be able to glorify him. And as I was sharing earlier, just to come back and wrap up on what I shared earlier about Paris, the reason I was sharing with you about what had happened last year and what happened this year and what's going to happen next year is we want to be faithful and be obedient to the things that God has called us to do, right? Coming up here, I, I know most of you just show up on a Sunday, doing our setup, take down, you know, it gets boring. It's boring for me, so I know it's boring for you guys. It's tiring for me, so I know it's, well, I think it's tiring for you guys. You guys may love it. You guys love hosting, I know that. <laughs> but it's, it's tiring and it's boring, but we, Keep doing the things that God has called us to do. That's what it is to be faithful in this season. Keep our eyes focused on glorifying Jesus everywhere. Do the things that he called us to do, and he will slowly open doors for us. So I'm speaking that from the standpoint of corporately together as a church. Because when God takes the church restoration, all of us will get to experience what it's like to proclaim Jesus elsewhere to be able to honor him and glorify him and see his name be lifted up, see lives be saved, see salvation. It's incredible. Life's being transformed. That is what I'm aiming for and shooting for all the time, every Sunday when we pray before prayer. We're always trusting for that, just for salvation. Even when we always get the same people, we're still trusting for that because we want to keep our eyes always glorifying Jesus everywhere. Amen.